of the Art of Friendship series. We're talking about friends and friendship. And we've talked about influence, right? That, uh, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. And we talked about community. Isaiah preached on, on what to look for uh, in a friendship. And so tonight we're going to talk about uh, impact. And I really believe that God wants to make a giant, massive, huge uh, impact in the world through your friendships. I really believe that. So that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to pray, though, as we uh, as we jump in here. So Jesus, we love you, and God, thank you for friends. God, thank you for all the friends that we have in this room, for outside of this room, and Lord, we thank you that you just, you believe in friendship, Jesus, and you want to use it to create an impact. Lord, we're so thankful for that, and God, we pray that you'd stir us up tonight, God. As we listen, Lord, as we go to D groups, God, would you stir us up for friendships and how you want to use them. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, let's start off with the, this is a little rhetorical question for you, so please don't answer it. You can answer it in your own heart, please. Uh, but what's, what's the greatest, like, gospel tool? What's, like, the greatest gospel um, opportunity that you can have? Because I feel like if we really were honest, like, there's maybe a lot of different stuff that we would say. And maybe it's like, maybe you think, like, man, like, a really good like book or like a really good like track or something that you like share with somebody, you know, and I've actually seen a lot of horrible ones of those. Um, my, my favorite, really not favorite one is like, it's like a, it looks like a hundred dollar bill and you like leave it as a tip, but then it's like not a tip, you know, cause we really want to like get them in a bad mood before they, before they read the gospel, you know, and anyway, it's stuff like that. So maybe it's not so good, but yeah. Does anyone know what a track is? You know, like you use it, you share with somebody to go through the gospel. I feel like we, we have like half of us. Yeah, a track. Yeah, anyway, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's like a conference. You know, we all have conferences. Conferences are awesome and like World Mandate and things like that. So maybe it's, a, and maybe it's like a, you know, like, you know, who knows Billy Graham? Everybody should know Billy Graham, right? Like Billy Graham's like the most incredible evangelist of all time. His, his, his crusades, he would call them, 2.2 million people came to know Jesus through those crusades. And I heard that his website as well, people are still giving their life to Jesus on his website. It's just bizarre, right? But that's not actually the greatest gospel tool. Maybe you feel like it's, it's things like, you know, out on the missionary field, things that we're using. Like, there's this thing called the Jesus film, and it's been shown, like, all over the world. It's, it's had, like, 8 billion viewings, and we only have 7 billion people. So that's a lot. That's a lot of viewings. And it, I've heard this, that, uh, like, 572 million people have given their life to Jesus through the Jesus film. That's, that's crazy. Like, that's a big number. But... Even that is not actually the best, the best uh, gospel tool. And may, so maybe you're like, well, it's obviously the Bible, right? It's the Bible. And even the Bible, I'm like, but the Bible, there's something that precedes uh, Scripture opening up God to you. And here's the, here's the key that unlocks all those things is, is I believe it's friendship. Because you need a friendship. You need some trust. You need, you need a friend in order to believe, like, yeah, I should read the Scriptures. You need a friendship with God, actually, to understand what the Scriptures are talking about. When it's talking. You, need, you need a Holy Spirit opening up and revealing what the Bible says. And you need friendship to go to one of those crusades. You need someone to invite you to that, right? And you need, you need friendship in order to go see the Jesus film. And so really, I think the key that unlocks all of this stuff is friendship. And if you think about it, what did Jesus actually call us to? What was the mission that he gave us? Did he say, hey, when I leave, when I go up to heaven, make sure that you go to a lot of conferences. Go out, therefore, and read your Bible. 
No, he didn't say that. Go out, therefore, and make sure that you share the gospel with a stranger. He didn't actually even quite say that because here's what he said. He said, go make disciples. We just heard the, the scripture here. From, and here's the thing. What did the disciples think discipleship was? They thought exactly what Jesus had just done for them. And what did Jesus do with them? He hung out with them for like three years, just being friends. Right? So when, when Jesus says to the disciples, go make disciples, they're thinking, okay, so go what you just, what you just did. What did he do? He hung, out with, he hung out with them. He spent time with them. He, he taught them. He showed them how to live. He expressed things about God. And so that's what they're thinking. What, what basically he said was, go and make a bunch of Jesus friends. Go make some Jesus friendships. Right? That's like, you know, that's the Graydon, like, message version of, of Scripture. It's like, go out and start a bunch of, of friendships and then make them look like Jesus. That's what they really felt like God was saying. And so I think we need to make some Jesus friendships. Do we have Jesus friendships? I mean, I know we've got them in this room, but when we leave this place, do we feel like we're out on an island and this is the only place where we can really have Jesus friendships. It's like, yes, we, we need them here, but also, man, are we making friends out there in our schools and in our friend groups? Are we making friends like on purpose or are we making friends on accident? Like it just kind of falls together and just, it's how, like, oh, we sat together in like first day of school, you know, so now we're friends, you know, and that happened to me a lot. I mean, I, I was homeschooled. I mean, y'all know this, but, um, uh, and so I went to a, a dual credit, a community college. Yeah. My senior year. And, uh, and I wasn't like sure what to do exactly. And so I just sat down and then I just looked at the person who sat down next to me. And you know how you always sit in the same spot forever, you know, when you're in a class. And so we just sat together and we were friends. And I don't remember his name now. I feel bad about that. But um, he was a cool guy, though, you know, but he didn't know Jesus. I'll tell you that. And so it was an opportunity for me to make a Jesus friendship to make a friendship that it's actually specifically so that God can make an impact in them. And so are we making disciples in our schools? Are we making disciples in our friend groups? Are we making disciples in the darkness that we have to be in? Because all of us have places in our lives and that we ha- we got to be in the darkness every now and then. But guess what? That's the best place for a light to be is in the darkness, right? It's where the light can stand out. And so these are questions that we've got to ask ourselves. Are we making uh, disciples of the kingdom of God or of the kingdom of me, right? Do people start looking more like me or more like Jesus when they hang around me? Those are the types of questions we've got to ask ourselves because there's going to be a day where we stand in front of Jesus and he's going to ask us, man, what did you do with your time on earth? It was like, it was so quick. What did you do with it? Did you use it to expand the kingdom of God? Did the kingdom of God get a little bit more crowded because of your life? Or did you just kind of sit back and just do the kingdom of me, right? We need some Jesus friendships. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. So here's what I'm really trying to say tonight. It's really simple. It's just these words right here. Friendship is your impact. Can we say that together? Friendship is your impact. Actually, I guess we should say it in first person. Friendship is my impact, right? And so listen, all of us are trying to figure out our place in the world. How is my life going to matter? I'll tell you how how it's going to matter is the friendships you make. That's how you're going to impact people is you're going to become their friend. It's really simple, actually. It's just being friends and, and having Jesus friendships. How are you going to make an impact? You're going to make friends and you're going to make them look like Jesus. And so really, that's, that's it. That's all I'm saying. But I think there's a few, there's like three kind of ways that we can really make this come to life, okay? And so there's three ways that friendship can be an impact. The first one is as we 
love. I know that's really like a predictable word to talk about when we're talking about friendship is love. But guys, love has got to be the beginning and the end of friendship. Okay, let me read a scripture for you. First Corinthians 13. This is the love chapter, if you, uh, if you didn't know that. I'm going to read in the easy-to-read version because I really like that. I'm going to read the first three verses. It says this, I may speak in different languages, whether human or even of angels, but if I don't have love, I'm only a noisy bell or a ringing cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy. I may understand all secrets and know everything there is to know. And I may have faith so great that I can move mountains. But even with all of this, If I don't have love, I am nothing. I may give away everything I have to help others. I may even give my body as an offering to be burned, but I gain nothing by doing all of this if I don't have love. Okay, that's... That, that is crazy. That's insane. Like, if you really think about the descriptions of the person, like, in this passage, like, this person is awesome. I want them to be my best friend. You know what I mean? Like, they can speak in angelic languages. They're doing miracles. They're prophesying. They can move mountains. We don't have any mountains in Fort Worth, but if there was one, like, just imagine it was just gone. Like, the reason we don't have mountains is because, like, Fred moved them with his faith, you know? Like, and, like, not only that, like, he... Like, he wants to be martyred. Like, he wants to be martyred. Like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to be killed for my faith. This guy's amazing. I want to read his book. I want to be his friend. I want to watch his movie that we recreate after he's martyred. Like, this guy's amazing, you know? But listen, what Paul says is that if none of it was motivated by love, then it was worthless. Completely worthless. It was a waste That dude is nothing unless he's got love, unless love is the motivation between all those things. And so if you think about this, guys, we have got to, we've got to have friendships that are motivated by love. And listen, friendship is your impact. I want you to, I want you to learn that and believe that tonight, but it's not about the impact. We're not making friends just to make an impact. We're making friends so that we can love. And then the impact comes. Love has to come first. And so we have to begin and end with love. Jesus told his disciples that Christians will be known by their love for one another. Are we really known for our love? Like, is is that our stereotype? Like, in your school, is that how people know you? Is like, man, they just love everybody. When people... When people get to know you, is that like the first thing that just jumps out to them? It's like, man, I just can't believe how loving they are. That is what we're called to be about. So we make an impact as we love. Second, we make an impact as we witness, okay? Um, you know, we, uh, we, we spent the first week talking about influence and talking about how we got to really protect ourselves from the influence of our friend groups. But also, I know there's a really radical verse where Jesus says this in John 17, 15. He says, I, he's praying to God for you. He's praying to, for future believers. That's you guys. He says, I do not ask you, Father, that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. And man, it's like, wow, like Christianity is not just about going to heaven when you die. What? Like we're supposed to do stuff here? Like wouldn't it be easier if we just got saved and it's like, whoosh, into the heavens they go. You know, it'd be like, I mean, it'd be cool for the person. We'd be like, no, you're gone. 
you know, but like, man, like, wouldn't it be easier that way if we have this amazing heaven in the presence of God to be? And it's like, no, you got stuff to do. Jesus specifically says, Father, don't take them out of the world because the world needs you. Because there is brokenness out there that needs a touch of Jesus because there's people who are living and they feel like they're not loved. And we know that there's a God who loves them. And so, man, we, we actually need some friends who are lost. We need some friends who are in darkness. And it's always a balance, right? Because you're like, man, but I'm, I'm not supposed to be caught up in the wrong crowd, right? It's like, yeah, protect yourself, protect your heart, guard your heart from the, the influence of people who don't know Jesus. But man, if, if you're a light and you're just always in a room that's fully lit, then it's like, what are we doing? What's your mission? If you don't have darkness uh, that you feel on mission with, then like, what are we doing with this thing, right? If I can switch my metaphor to fishing, like you don't go fishing at Red Lobster. They're all already caught. We got them all, all right? A lot of us are trying to fish at Red Lobster. We're trying to go, we're trying to go to our Christian friends and be like, do you know about Jesus? Like, yeah, okay, cool, great. Then I don't have to get out of my comfort zone, you know? Or like, I want to take you from this church to this church and then invite you to that church, right? And it's like, man, we, we like, yes, that's great. We want community. We want, to, we want to have friends that can actually influence us to look like Jesus. But like, where's the darkness that God is calling you to bring light? You need to go there. You don't need to spend a whole lot of time there, but you need to go there and proclaim light. You need to bring light into those places because there's so much brokenness around us and our friendships are leading us to impact. But here's the cool thing, guys, is that all we're called to be is just a witness. Acts 1.8 says, you will be my witness in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He just says witness. You don't have to make the decision for that person. You're not in control of them. Right? All you got to do is witness. You don't even have to be like a super, super pastor, theologian, smart person, you know? It's like you can just, you can just witness. What does a witness do? Witness tells you what they've seen or experienced. And that's it. Can I get a witness? Right? Uh, so a witness, that's all they got to do. It's the only burden they have is just to share what they've seen or experienced. Right? And that's all that you're called to do. You let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work. So you go in that darkness and you witness to Jesus and then you're like, peace, I'm out. If they turn into a light, then praise God, come to church. There's lots of lights. We can be together. We can be really bright, right? But all I'm saying is that all you're called to do is just witness. The burden is not on you. It's so simple. And hey, if you're thinking like a witness in a law case, I just want you to throw that picture out. Because that's like, that's like, ooh, nervous. Like, I have to sit on the stand and people question me. And like, ooh, stress, you know? It's like, gosh, forget that. You know, that's the most, uh, like, the, the witness, that's like our word for witnesses, like people witness in a law case. But forget that. I'm talking about someone who's like, woo, I just ate Popeye's chicken sandwich. And it was good. And it was right. It was amazing. And it took me to a new place in my life. It took me to, I, I will now be known by the day that I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich with that spicy sauce on it. And I, I had to go through fire to get there, man, because they got our order wrong. And I had to go back. They only gave us one. We needed two. And so I had to go back into that place. But listen, I'm telling you, that chicken sandwich, I am watering right now. My mouth is, there is saliva about to come out because it is so good. It's
fried chicken. It's it's like totally different than than Chick-fil-A, okay? Like Chick-fil-A is so good, but it's totally different. It's real fried chicken and the pickles. I don't even like pickles, but I want pickles on the sandwich because it's so good. And you you take a bite. You take a bite and the Lord shows up. Man, it's like it's like the the outside of that chicken is so flaky and wonderful and soft and it's crisp and it's just Oh, yes. And so, <laughs> yeah, okay, back to Jesus. Back to Jesus. Okay, <laughs> that, that's a witness right there, okay? I was witnessing to you about the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I'm not being paid by them. It's just really that good, okay? But that's the type of witness I want you to think about when you're thinking about Jesus, That's the type of witness. I'm not talking about like all nervous and like, what if I say the wrong thing? I'm talking about like, just tell people what you've experienced and what was good. Tell them about the way that your, your life used to be like, man, I used to be anxious. And now here's what my life is like. I I had this experience with God where I felt more love than I've ever felt before. I had this experience where someone prayed over me and they cared about my life. Like those are the types of things that we can witness to. And we're not, it's like not all nervous. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? It's just like, Man, when you experience something good, you tell people about it. You witness to it. And now all you guys are thinking about eating a chicken sandwich. And so I'm saying, like, with Jesus, people, people want that. People want real satisfaction in life. There's so many places in Scripture where friendship is evangelism. Because people take their friend and bring them to Jesus. They, they tell people about what they've experienced. Paul, when he planted a church, he stayed there for a while because he wanted to build friendship. That was his impact. Last one here. We, uh, our friendship is an impact as we reconcile, as we go through conflict together and we forgive. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Did you know that the Christian faith is all about reconciliation? It's all about forgiveness. It's all about being made new after we were against each other. It's all about that. And I think, honestly, reconciliation and forgiveness, it's like a miracle from God. I I think it's one of the most beautiful things I ever see in this world because humans are so bad at it. Like, we're just terrible at reconciling with people. We're awful at forgiveness, right? How many of us have seen train wrecks in families and relationships and friendships because we couldn't forgive? We couldn't get past that conflict. And so when I see this, I think it is a perfect picture of the gospel, You want to know what the gospel looks like? You want to know what the gospel looks like? If you could see it, it looks like forgiveness and reconciliation. It looks like going through horrible stuff and saying, you know what, I'm going to let Jesus work through me and I'm going to forgive you even though I'm mad, right? I think when we commit to friendship, and being our impact, we have an opportunity to, to, to make the impact through the way that we reconcile and we forgive. Uh, because it's so much easier to just give up, right, when you have that disagreement. But man, when we forgive and there's reconciliation, people are watching the gospel at work. 
Because only God could do this. Only God could do the types of things that reconciliation brings. Uh, a few years ago, um, you may remember this, or um, some of you maybe not, but there was a, a white supremacist who went into a church Bible study and he killed nine people in Charleston. And one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my entire life was a, was a video of the families of the people who died, who were shot in a Bible study. And they stood there in front of this man, and they one by one said, I forgive you. And they meant it. They said it with love in their eyes. They said it with tears in their eyes. And that is, to this day, maybe the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It is the gospel. That is the gospel. When we say, you know what, I'm not going to let this this conflict or disagreement or this horrible sin, I'm not going to let it come in between. Um, that That's what Jesus did, right? Jesus did, when he came to the cross, he forgave us, and it just... It gets me. People think that they can find power and impact through so many ways, but none of it is more impactful than forgiveness. None of it's more powerful than reconciliation. And so, man, do we have unforgiveness in our life? Is there a friendship maybe that we've given up on because we couldn't forgive? Is there a friendship that we've got that maybe we just said, you know what, it's just too much. They've done too much against me, or they're not following Jesus. It's just too much. And maybe there needs to be some reconciliation there because that's what the gospel makes us do. When we have a real understanding of it. And so, as we close here, um, friendship. Friendship is your impact. And, and we do it through love. And we do it through witnessing. And we do it through reconciliation. And it's just the most wonderful thing. And you guys have something to share. Every single one of you across this room. You have light inside of you that you need to share. It needs to get out. It needs to get out into the darkness and people needs to see how good this Jesus really is. All right, let's go to D groups. Let's process together.